0: let turn the Bible this morning to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter number 44, Psalms chapter number 44, and this morning we're going to read the first eight verses for our text, and then I'll ask you to keep your Bibles open as we'll uh, look through these eight verses this morning. Uh, we're going to look at Psalms chapter number 44, and there's a thought, some truths uh, that I we'll want to bring out this morning, and uh, I trust that this morning's message will be a blessing. Psalms chapter 44. We begin reading with verse number one. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work Thou didst in their days, in the times of old. How Thou didst drive out the heathen with Thy hand, and plantest them, how Thou didst afflict the people, and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but Thy right hand and Thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hast a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies, through thy name will we tread them under that rise tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies, and has put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, and praise thy name forever, Selah. I want to draw our message, the title of our message, and where we'll get started this morning from verse number 8. In God we boast all the day long. This morning I want to preach on that subject, in God we boast. I can say this morning, in God I trust, in God we trust, But this morning, I want to preach on In God We Boast. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning. May the Spirit of God shine a light on these truths. May we incorporate them into our life. May we reflect this morning on how good you are, how great of a God you are. And Father, I pray once again that if there's someone here who knows of you but does not know you personally through your Son, may this morning (coughs) be their day of salvation. May they look to Jesus for their salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms chapter number 44 is an interesting psalm. If we were to keep reading, we would find in verses 9 through 26, uh, then this chapter is an appeal to God uh, for help in time of trouble. Uh, the The people of Israel are appealing to God Uh, for help. And they're in a place where only God could help them. Let me just say as a side note this morning, uh, God's going to allow us from time to time as an individual, as a family, as a church, as a people to get to a place where only He can help us. This is my message this morning, but let me just say, that's not a bad place for you and I to be, where only God can help us, uh, because God is who we can depend on. So that's the latter part of Psalms chapter 44. This morning, for our message, we're going to focus on the first eight verses, where there's a reflection back to who God is, what God has done, and how great a God that God truly is. That while they are in the midst of a need that only God could help, they're in a time of trouble, Uh, they reflect back first and think of all that God has done. Notice what verse number 8 says, In God we boast. I want you to think about that this morning. In God we boast. Uh, The word boast can be defined as to speak of with pride, vanity, or exaltation. To magnify or exalt. What they are saying is, in God we boast, in God we magnify, in God we exalt, in God we speak of with pride, with vanity, uh, we, they are bragging, if you will, on God. Uh, every child is told from time to time, whether it's by mom or whether it's by dad or by a teacher or someone in authority, now don't brag about uh, what, what you've done in the classroom. When You can picture this. When when I was a you much younger man and I was in school, I always got told by my teachers, don't brag about those, that perfect grades you get. Don't brag about that good work you... Why are you all laughing? That's not meant to be a joke. Uh, I always wanted to say that. Uh, But uh, we are taught, don't brag, but can I tell you this morning that when we talk about our God, it's okay to brag. It's okay to say, in God we boast. The confidence this morning does not come in our own ability. My confidence this morning comes into a God that I'm okay bragging on. As a matter of fact, this morning, I think it's okay for us to brag and boast on our God. Say, Pastor, haven't you heard how bad things are? Haven't, haven't you seen the news? Well, my first answer to that is no. Uh, but they, they are telling us how bad. Don't you know how bad things are? Don't you know what's going on? Oh, I'm very aware of what is going on. And I am praying that God would intercede in the lives of the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church and certainly in our nation. But let me tell you, that should not stop us this morning to say, let me just brag about my God. Let me just, in God I boast this morning. And I wonder, I wonder what it would do for this world. And I wonder what it would do in the lives of Christians. Just imagine if we bragged on God like we bragged on our favorite sports team. If we bragged on God like we bragged on our favorite athlete, man, do you see the season we're having? But you see how we're going to win today? Now, I'm not, I'm not against you enjoying sports. I'm not against you bragging on your team. You know, for some of you, when you have a good year, take advantage of it because it's going to be a while before you get to brag on them again. You Dolphins fans out there, y'all okay today? But we got to be bragging on God much more than we ought to be bragging on a sports team. Imagine if we as Christians bragged on God like we even bragged on our president or some other political figure. And this time right now, can I just say, I'm glad I live in Florida. I'm glad Ron DeSantis is my governor. I'm glad of that. And I don't mind telling people I I voted for him. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm glad of what he's doing I'm proud of my state. But you know what is even bigger and and greater than any politician? That politician, the election is going to come up again. He may or may not be there, but can I tell you who is always there, who's always on his throne, who's always in control, is Jehovah God, the God of all creation, the God of the universe. Imagine if we bragged on God like we brag on our favorite politician. Oh, it gets better. Imagine if we bragged on God like we bragged on each other. Now, I, there's nothing wrong with bragging on one another. Oh, brother so-and-so, oh, sister so-and-so. But hold on a second. Let's not forget the one who makes us who we are. The one oh, brother sister, brother, so-and-so is dependent on, the old oh, sister so-and-so counted on to get them through that trial, to get them through those circumstances. Imagine if we bragged on God like we bragged on one another. Hold on. Imagine if we bragged on God like we bragged on ourselves. Oh, there's a reason why God speaks against pride so many times in Scripture. We all know. We all have that one friend that no matter what, it's going to circle back around to them. Well, yeah, but I... Imagine. Just imagine. And I'm not preaching on pride necessarily this morning, but just imagine. I just want us to put this thought in our mind before we get to the rest of the message this morning. Imagine if we... Boasted on our God. We've got when it comes to God, we've got something to brag about. When it comes to our God, we've got something to boast about. When it comes to our God and what He's done for us, how can we not talk about Him? How can we not brag on Him? Well, the Psalmist writing, God, we boast. That ought to be our message this morning, that ought to be our habit this morning. That ought to be our way of life. Hey, we complain to our God, don't we? And God help us as Christians if we complain about what God has allowed us to go through. Nobody in, here, you, nobody in here likes trials, do you? Nobody in here likes burdens. If you say you do, you're lying. We don't, we don't like for our, if I could put it this way, our boat to be of life to be rocked. The Christian, don't complain about what God has put you through. Let's brag on how good our God is. In God we boast. I make two quick observations by way of introduction before we get into the outline this morning that I think are necessary if we are going to be a people who boast of our God. And by the way, we serve the living God. Allah is not God. Buddha is not God. We serve the living God. You can go to the graves of of the founder of, of Mormonism. You can go to the graves of all the heads of the Catholic Church. But friend, let me tell you, if you're going to find the head of our church, you're going to go to an empty tomb because we have a God who's greater than death. We've got something to brag about. We've got something to be excited about. Hey, you ever been so excited about something? Hey, let me tell you, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what so-and-so did. Oh, and, and, and it's okay to have a parent's pride for our child. Let me tell you what, 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 what Junior did. Oh, we'll brag and brag and brag. I'm not against that. Oh, let me tell you what, what my child did. Let me, They brag and brag, and sometimes I'm like, you're bragging about that? Anyway, they, they, they brag and brag. I'm not against that. We ought to be proud of our children. But there's nothing we should be more boastful about than our God. Who do I serve? I serve Jehovah God. Who do I preach for? I preach for Jehovah God. Who do I live for? I I live for the God of all creation. There's two observations by way of introduction I see that is necessary we'll find in Boasting of our God. We see in verse number 8, our text verse, In God we boast all the day long, and praise thy name forever. If we're going to be boasting of our God, we've got to have praise for our God. We've said much over the last couple of weeks about praise with Thanksgiving being on the calendar and how praise and Thanksgiving should not be an annual event in the life of a Christian. It should be a daily occurrence. But you cannot boast of God without giving praise to Him. So Christian, in order to to have the life and be able to say, In God we boast, we must have a life of praise. We must have a a life that reflects and gives praise and honor and glory to our God. There must be praise. Praise. Not only is praise must praise be present, but if we look in verse number 1, we find that there is a pattern that must be followed. We have heard with our ears, O oh God, our fathers have told us. There was a pattern of telling what God has done. This morning might be a little bit different the way I do, do the service, but I want how many of you are saved on your way to heaven? You know for sure if you died right now or that trumpet sounded, uh, your sins have been forgiven, you're depending on Christ, and only Christ to get you to heaven. How many? Raise your hand again. Raise, all right. Who have you told about that? When's the last time you just got so excited and full of the fact that you're saved and you're not on your way to hell, that you just had to, i got to brag on God, i got to boast for a little while. Uh, you do realize you didn't save you? I hate maybe this morning there's somebody who thinks they were good enough to get saved in order to get themselves to heaven. I'm here to tell you that's not what that book says. That book says that Jesus is the only way. He is the only hope that we have. Are you saved this morning? Are you happy about that? I don't understand a Christian who's saved and not happy. If you understood, well, maybe I can't understand, but I understand this, that when this life that we live is over, there's a heaven, there's a hell, and I don't have to worry about going to hell, and if you're saved, neither do you. We have an eternity where every wrong is going to be made right. Every pain and suffering, I almost said, will be a memory. It won't even be a memory in heaven. All we'll ever know is perfection. But when was the last time we bragged on that? Well, I you know, I hear brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they they, they got a new car. And I could just tell by the way they drove in, they wanted everybody to know about it. Well, I know brother and sister so-and-so, they... I just got a new house, and they just they want everybody. The only reason they're having a housewarming anyway is they want people to see it, which is probably true, but that's beside the point. Well, they just brag and brag and brag. I'm not for bragging in that sense, but can I tell you something? I don't care where you live. I don't care what you rolled into the parking lot in today. You can say, let me brag on my God. Let me boast on my God. And I want people to hear me say it it's sad that we have a generation that sometimes grow up in Christian homes and all they hear is the complaining about what God supposedly didn't do for them when the ought to hear it come from their lips and say let me tell you what God has done for mom let me tell you what God has done for dad let me tell you what God has done for our family and for our home and let me tell you how good God is oh you live in a nation today that's free let me tell you about the hand of God in our own nation there's a lot to brag about God people need to hear say it we have a good God we have a great God we have a benevolent God he said our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days I wonder if this generation is not boasting of God because we have failed to praise we have failed to set an example of bragging of God's, speaking of God's goodness. And no matter who you are and how much you brag on God, we all could boast in a greater way. But you know what that would do? That would raise God in this world's view, but it would shrink us in their view as well. Can I tell you this morning, there is nothing good about me, anything good about me is God. I can stand here this morning, and I'm just in the mood to testify of God's goodness today. I can stand here all day long and tell you blessing after blessing after blessing that God has done for me. I know I'm a blessed man. You don't have to tell me I'm a blessed man. I know I'm a blessed man. I know what God has done. There's enough that I know. There's things I don't even know God's done for me, but there's enough that I know God has done for me. That I could sit here all day long and talk about how good my God is and how great my God is. Oh, it's time we start looking past one another and see the God who's made us who we are. See the God who's done for us. And this morning, this group that even is assembled here together, there's none of us good. So, Pastor, how can you say that? Because my Bible says so. What is good about us is our God. What is good about us is our Savior. And we ought to brag on Him so that other people... I don't want this world to look... say. I don't want them to say, well, I don't know about His God. I don't know if He's even happy about the God He serves. They may say a lot of things about me, but I want people to know that I have a good God. I have a great God. I have a benevolent God. And I want to just go on record and say, my God is greater than all. My God is better to me than I deserve. And why don't we just brag on God? We certainly complain a lot, but we ought to make our motto, in God we boast. In God we boast. Boy, a lost world certainly talks about how good they've got it. We ought to talk about how good we got it, because we have salvation through our God. We have life through our God. Now, let me give you the outline as I see in these first eight verses. Let me say number one with that phrase, in God we boast. Let me say number one, we boast of His faithfulness. Let's look again to verse number one. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us. We've already spoke of this pattern that we should follow of talking about what God has done for us. But let's keep reading. What work thou didst in their days, in the times of old? Now, I've already mentioned that the rest of this chapter, verses 9 through the end of the chapter, verse 26, Israel is calling out to God because they're in trouble, because they have great need, and it's needs they cannot fill themselves. Kind of like we had a need of salvation, but we could not fill that need ourselves. They had a need, and they are appealing to God. But I think it's very fitting, and it's very important for us to see that they were aware, and that phrase, in the times of old, they were aware of what God has done in the past. And they believe that that same God who did it in the past is the same God that can deliver for them today. Can I, can I tell you as we can, let's continue reading verse number two, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. Uh, we know that you have done for the previous generation. We know that you drove the enemy out. We don't have time this morning because we're losing time uh, very quickly, but if you read this and study this, they're asking for the same thing again. Would you drive the enemy out? Would you defeat the enemy? They are appealing to the faithfulness of God. And you and I can boast in our God. We can say in God we boast because we can boast of His faithfulness. I can stand here today and say, my grandmother's God is my God. The God that was faithful to the generation ago is faithful today. The God who provided for the people of old provides for you and I today. God is faithful. Let me just talk about how faithful my God is. My God was so faithful that when I was saved as a child, I'm still saved today. I can't lose my salvation. I'm not in danger of losing my salvation because God is faithful. Well, what if happens if you're unfaithful? I'm not talking about my faithfulness or unfaithfulness. I'm talking about the faithfulness of God, who when He saves you, He keeps you. I'm talking about the faithfulness of God. When I wasn't even aware of His presence, I wasn't even aware of what He was doing, He's faithful. Well, we have many generations in this room this morning If I called on a member of that older generation to stand and testify of the faithfulness of God, oh, there'd be some things to hear and some things to talk about, and some of you, I'd have to put a time limit on you because there's so much to speak of on the faithfulness of God. But it ought to be true of those just getting into adulthood this morning. They ought to be able to stand and say, I can also testify that God has been faithful. And for every generation in between, because God is a faithful God in this morning, we boast of His faithfulness. I say number two, not only do we boast of His faithfulness, we boast of His power. I remind you of what we've read in verse number two. Let's look at verse number three. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them, and thy right hand, and thine arm, and the light of the countenance, because thou hast a favor unto them. Notice this. Notice what the Bible says For they got not the land. We've been studying for the book of Deuteronomy in Sunday school. Possess the land. God said, Go and possess the land I've promised. But you put that in context with this verse of Scripture. They didn't get that land by their own ability. They didn't defeat those enemies by their own power. They got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them. I think it's good for Christians this morning to be reminded, you didn't get where you are because of you. You got where you are because of God. I'm not saved because I saved myself. I'm not saved because I lived a good enough life. Because I couldn't. I can stand here today and I can boast about my salvation. I can boast about my Savior because it is none of me. But it is His power. It is His ability. You think about the power of God to cover your sins, to cover my sins with the blood of His Son. You think about the power of our Savior who conquered death and hell. He didn't just escape death and hell. He came back with the keys. He has conquered death and hell. And we have a resurrection in our future as Christians because of the power of His resurrection. The power of God that did that. Oh, this morning we could testify about where God has brought us from. And if you're here this morning and you were discouraged, you're at the bottom, you were looking for answers and you don't know where to turn, let me help you with something this morning. Don't be fooled by how put together everybody seems to be. Because they're not. And They didn't get to where they are because of any other reason but God. And again, we could all testify, I'm thankful that as that song goes, I don't go to the places I used to go, I don't say the things I used to say, I don't do the things I used to do, and it was by the grace of God that you can sing that, It's by the grace of God, that's your testimony by the power of God. There's many in this world, they're looking for liberty from their addictions, they're looking for liberty from their besetting sins, they're looking for liberty by the things that have them in bondage. And the only way they're ever going to get it is by the power of God. It's the power of God. See, we can boast of His power, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You could say today, and you could boast of His power, because through His power, through the, the fact that you are saved and on your way to heaven, that over, can overcome any sin in your life. You're not, this morning, you are not fighting a battle God cannot win. Are you fighting a battle this morning? Are you dealing with something in your own life? Can I tell you, you're not fighting a battle that God can't win? Maybe you can't win it, but God can win it. You're, You're not fighting an enemy God cannot defeat. Friend, this morning, we all have an adversary the devil himself. You you can't defeat him, but can I tell you who can? God can. Maybe this morning you are facing an obstacle that you cannot overcome, but can I tell you this morning, God can overcome it. It's through his power. See, we boast in God. We boast of his power. We boast in what he's done and Verse number three reminds us not only did they get, not get their land by their own sword, but it reminds, the people are reminded that they got it by the hand of God. But thy right hand in thine arm, in the light of thy countenance, because thou hast a favor unto them. I know we're coming off of a Thanksgiving holiday. And I know it certainly puts us, I hope, in a little bit more of a mindset to reflect on what God has done for us. Put us in a mindset. I, I know, and I, I, I've said it myself, air, in the life of a Christian, it should not be an annual event, it should be a daily occurrence. But be that as it may, certainly this time of year puts us in a greater mindset, or it should, of being thankful. And I'm, I, with that in mind, in our thankfulness, have you thought about what God has done for you I like thinking about what God has done for us, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Let's get more personal. What God has done for you. As I mentioned just a moment ago, I could sit here all day and talk about what God, how God's blessed me. I know I'm a blessed man. but Everybody in here has been blessed. Could you talk about what God, how God has blessed you? What God has done for you? Think about where God's brought you just for a moment. Think about what he's brought you from. Think about what he's done in your marriage, he's done in your home, he's done in your family. Think about what he's done with us as a church, what he's done for us as a nation. We boast of his power, his ability. If you're here this morning and and you're not saved, you're not real sure why these Christians, these people, these why are they getting so excited? Well, if you experience salvation like we experienced it, you'd, you'd have a better understanding. Because we know what we are. We're just a sinner saved by grace. We were lost and undone. We had no hope. But we were presented with the fact That God loved this world enough that He sent His Son who lived a perfect, sinless life and willingly went to the cross of Calvary, willingly took upon Him the sins of all mankind, including my sins, and paid my sin debt for me. And all I had to do was believe. All I had to do was put my faith and trust in what Christ did. Not what the church did. Not what man did. I understand I could not save myself. I understand that I had no hope but His power. He overcame. We see number three. In God we boast this morning, we boast of His authority. There's there's many things, and some we've already seen, and more we're going to see in these eight verses. But I don't want this verse of Scripture to be lost. Because to me, this is a very important thing and it's a very powerful thing in verse number four. Thou art my king. And I probably should have developed a whole message on this. Thou art my king, O God. Notice the next two words. Command deliverances for Jacob. We boast this morning of his authority. So, Pastor, how are we going to get through this? I think a good prayer to pray was command deliverance. You know, God can change any situation in this world and in your life. Any. Pastor, it's not looking real good. Do you realize that God can change things just like that? By His authority. Can I tell you something this morning? In our own nation, the media is not in charge. God is. There's no political party in charge. God is. God has the authority. I imagine the same God who spoke the world into existence can command deliverance in your life. I imagine the same God who spoke the stars in the, into existence and named every star. Have you ever looked up in the sky on a clear night and looked at the vast numbers of the stars? You, can, you and I can't even see all the stars that are in this universe, and God spoke every one of them into existence. What do you mean by that? God said, and he called their name, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there. That same God can command deliverance in your life, deliverance in your home by his authority. Well, I think we need to be reminded of his authority. I'm going to boast this morning about something that I hope you'll permit me to boast about. I did not evolve from a monkey. I did not come from an amoeba. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I did not just happen... I was planned. You know, in this world we live in, I think we need to be reminded of that. You were planned. God has a plan for you. And I didn't, I didn't evolve. There's been some I've looked at, and they've looked close to the missing link, but that, 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 that is not reality. I was made by God. Think about that. You were made by God. You were given life by God. Matter of fact, because God is the giver of life, that's why no man can take it, including the abortion doctor, without having blood on their hands. Because every life was made by God. I boast of his authority because he's the creator. We're but the creation. At his command, I was reading, I've been studying a lot in the book of Joshua. I may preach from Joshua tonight. In that day, unlike any other day, when the armies of God are battling the enemy and they're running out of daylight... If you read very carefully, the sun stands still, time stops. Well, what happened? On the authority of the Creator, God told the sun, pause. And when the work was done on his authority, the sun was set in motion again. We boast of His authority. Again, I, so many things come to mind this morning, and, I, and I've got to move on, but I think of, we speak in, if, if the will of God be so. It's in, in His name. It's the authority. And that brings me to, to, to number four. We boast of His name. Look with me at verse number five, through thee we will push down our enemies. through thy name we will tread them under the ri- that rise up against us. It, it was true that when God's people began to possess the land that God had promised them. and the enemies were defeated and the enemies were confronted. that at the name of the God, of Israel, the people trembled. And they conquered that land in the name of Jehovah. So what were all those people supposed to do? Bow to Jehovah, and they would have been fine. Worship Him instead of their false god. But they conquered the land in the name of Jehovah. It's not much different for you and I today. See, Pastor, how are we going to overcome in this life we live? Through the name of Jesus? Under whose authority, by what name do you preach? Salvation by grace and grace alone. In the name of Jesus. See, the gospel that I preach this morning is not my gospel. It's not this church's gospel. It's not even a Baptist gospel. It's his gospel. And there's one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. What are we to do in this day ahead? What if, what if things continue to get darker and darker? And, and Pastor, let's just play worst-case scenario. What if our freedoms begin to be taken away? And what if things in this world begin to, to change rapidly? What are we to do in the name of Jesus? We're to continue. Because I, I don't find it ironic that they are acknowledging through Thee we push down our enemies through Thy name. Will we tread them under that rise up against us? I'm reminded of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, where we're told that there is a name above every name. The name of Jesus is not a byword, it's certainly not a curse word. Because the name of Jesus is above every name. Every name. Oh, you study history and the names that come to mind throughout history of great figures in history or notorious figures. And let me tell you, there's a name above every name. His name's above Mary. His name's above my name, your name. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 also tells us that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Think of that. At the mention of His very name, there ought to be something that puts in the heart of every man to bow. Because there's power in that name. When we go to our God and make petitions to Him, we go in Jesus' name. To that great God, we go unto His, with His authority, the name of Jesus. I, We've seen very quickly, and I have to close, get to the conclusion this morning, uh, there is something to praise God about. There's a pattern that should be seen in our life, and that's one of in God we boast. We've seen very, very quickly, we boast of His faithfulness, we boast of His power, we boast of His authority, we boast of His name. Now I conclude with my message this morning by reading verse number 6, for I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. I conclude with this, we've seen the power of God, the faithfulness of God, how we can move forward in His name. Hey, we should be a people that boast on Him and say, in God I boast. But with verse 6 in mind, where the, 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 the psalmist says, I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. I ask you this Are you trusting in your bow and your sword to save you? Are you trusting in your strength to sustain you? Are you trusting in your wisdom to get you through? Or maybe even more important this morning, are you trusting in your goodness to get you to heaven? Are you trusting in a religious belief for your forgiveness of sins? Why do we want to do that we, which we cannot do, why do we want to depend on ourselves when we have a God we can brag about? We have a God we can boast about. We have a God who is greater above all. And this morning, I'm not for bragging on, on, on you and I. I'm not for bragging on our abilities. But can I say, we've got a God that we certainly should be bragging about. And these people were wise enough to say, I will not trust in my bow. Can you and I, are we going to say that? I'll figure it out, Pastor. Why try and figure it out when you can go to a God and let Him figure it out? The two, verse number eight, let me make this connection and then we'll go to invitation. In God we boast all the day long. cannot be separated from verse number six. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword Save me. The reason why so many in their Christian life they don't have a life of boasting about God is that is because it is not their testimony to say, I'm not depending on me. You can brag about your God. You could you could have I remember, I mean I've grown up and I'm I'm running out of time. I've grown up in church, I've grown up around the preachers of the past generation, you hear all those stories. How God did this. And in that last hour, God stepped in. Oh, and what were they doing? They were bragging on God. Do you realize that every one of us can have one of those stories if it stopped depending on your own bow and your own sword? You cannot disconnect, boast in God we boast, from We're not going to depend on us, God. You're not going to have that life of praise until you stop depending on you. Are you, are you tired yet? What do you mean, Pastor? Are you tired of trying to figure it out? Maybe you should turn to God today. Are you frustrated yet? Are you frustrated about life? Are you frustrated about your circumstances? You're frustrated just about the way things are going. Maybe you should stop trying to figure it out or do it in your own strength. And look to a God that's been faithful. Look to a God that's all powerful. Look to a God who has the authority to change circumstances right now and depend on Him. Most importantly, this morning. Are you tired of living with those doubts about your eternity? You can't depend on you. This morning, the most important thing is not whether or not you're a Baptist, not whether or not you're a member here. The most important thing is whether or not your sins have been forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. What are you depending on? I can't tell you how many conversations I've had. Well, I'm depending on me. It's not going to get you very far. Do you know for certain that if you took your last breath before the service concluded, that your sins have been forgiven? Heaven is your eternal home. Jesus is your personal Savior. There's a lot of people who are going to have an eternity of suffering awaiting. We're going to be surprised because they depended on their own bow, their own sword, or if I can say it like this, their own ability. Christian, you don't have to live frustrated. And and I'm not wanting to paint a picture this morning that all your problems can go away just like that, but you don't have to be frustrated about them. Pastor, if you knew what I... I hey, we've all got... You, I'm not minimizing your problems. I've got problems. I've had problems. I'm reminded this morning as I look around my problems. But anyway, we all, I'm not minimizing your problems. I just want to put the focus on a God who's bigger than all of our problems. I've got burdens this morning. Some you could probably guess about and some you'd have no idea about. But I'm not frustrated at them. Because in the best of my ability, I am depending on God to deal with them. Christian, you don't have to live so uptight if you just turn it over to God. In God we boast. Can you brag on God today? We ought to be able to. Let's look to Him for our needs this morning. Father, I pray.